name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we have been in a series called The Fight of Faith, and we're going to continue on that this evening. Let's look at 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. It says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight. So a couple words there, fight. Number one, there is a fight in this earth. Number two, the fight that we're supposed to be fighting is a fight of faith. It's not just a fight. It's not a struggle. It's not just barely getting by while we're here in this earth and, oh, I'm just struggling to get... No, that's not the fight we're supposed to be in. It's the fight of faith. And we've spent some time on that. It's a fight to stay in faith, to believe God, to walk according to God's promises according to God's word, according to what he's told us uh, in our hearts. Uh, There is a fight, though. It's not just sit back and everything will fall on us. I wish it were, but that's not the way it is in this realm. 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, this is at the end of Paul's life. It says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I've kept going. I've stayed true, he said. I've fought. I have fought. That means, past tense, he's he's done what he was supposed to do. There is a fight. There is the fight to stay in faith and to believe what God has said. In spite of what we see, in spite of what we feel, in spite of what the conditions are, it's to stay on, stay with God. Now, last time, we're just, uh, we're not going to review everything that uh, we've done up to this time. We kind of build on where we've come from, but we're going to just hook up where we left off, and then we're going to go further tonight into some specific things. But I want you to Let's look at real quick Romans 10, 17. Last time we looked at how faith comes. It says, so then faith, Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We need to hear the word. If we're going to be in a fight of faith on this earth, then we need faith. If we're going to fight to stay in faith and to believe God, then we need faith to do what is necessary to produce faith. Otherwise, if we're going into the battle of faith and we don't have faith, then we are unequipped. You know, you could go, you can name any number of examples, uh, you know, sports. If you're going into a specific sport, you don't have the equipment to play that sport or to succeed. You know, it'd be like, I played soccer growing up. It'd be like going out on a a turf field and going out there. Everybody else has got shoes, cleats, and you're going out there just with your socks on. Well, you're not going to get any kind of traction to run. You're you're not going to be able to stop properly. You're just going to be unequipped. Now, if everybody is, you know, barefoot or something, that's different. You're all all equal. But if, if somebody has equipment that you don't have, you're going to, you're going to lose. 
You're not, you're not going to be able to perform well. You might get your feet stepped on and it's really going to hurt. You're going to have any number of things happen because you're, you're not equipped. So we have to understand there is a fight. If you say, well, I just don't want to fight, it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference what we want. That's like going on in the field and saying, I don't want to wear cleats. Well, then you're going to get pummeled. And that's the way it is in this life. You know, I, just, I don't want to fight. I don't like that doctrine. It has nothing to do with it. If you don't like it, I don't like it, there's, we're still in a battle. In fact, we're in a war, if you haven't seen that. There is a war going on in the earth right now. And it is ramped up. And we need to understand there's a war between good and evil in the earth. And our job is not to get in the flesh and try to do things in the flesh. Our job is to hook up with God, do what He said, stay at rest, and walk according to the Word, walk in faith. Not in fear, not running around, you know, frantically like uh, you know, maybe people are tempted to do. And look at this, and look at this, and look at this, and start getting all in a bunch of upheaval, that's not going to help anything. We need to be in faith. We need to stay in faith. If the, if the fight is to stay in faith, and we're not coming to the table with any faith, then we are going to get pummeled. You cannot walk through this earth without faith if you're going to be successful walking with God. We need faith. So we, we covered some time last week, we need to hear the Word of God because that's how we get Faith. It doesn't come by praying. It doesn't come by begging. Don't say, God, just give me more faith to make it. That's unscriptural. How are we going to get the faith? We hear what God has said, and faith comes as we hear it. It quickens our spirit man. The word of God is to our spirit man the way uh, food is to our natural body. If you were to say, I'm just so tired and weak, but you haven't eaten for three days, and all you've been doing is drinking water then you might want to eat some food in order to gain strength. But a lot of Christians are going around, they don't spend any time in the Word, they don't come to church, they don't put their, themselves under the Word of God in teaching and preaching, and then they're weak, they don't have any spiritual strength, and they're wondering why. Because they're feeding themselves with all kinds of junk food spiritually, worse than junk food, things that are, are you know, anti-God or or full of doubt and unbelief and sin and evil, and then try to believe God. Well, you don't just try to believe God. You go and fill yourself with the Word, and then the faith is there. If we're trying to do something all the time, we need. it's not about trying. i got to try real hard to believe. No, we need to fill ourselves with the right food and, and focus on the right things, and faith will be there. If we're trying real hard all the time, we need to look further up the stream Go, back, go upstream some and say, what am I feeding myself? What am I putting in? Because if I'm not putting the right, uh, the right nutrients in, the, the right food in, then I'm not going to have the right results. So we, we, taught, we spent some time on that. We're going to go further in that. I just want to read you a, few, a couple scriptures here. Don't have to turn there. But Psalm 12, 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. The words of the Lord are pure words. We have to be careful what we listen to, what we expose ourselves to. No matter what it is, the Word of God is only what's pure. We need to be sure that what we're listening to is based on the Word, not somebody's idea. 
because somebody's idea could be diluted. It's not pure. The Word of God is pure. It's going to be what gets us through, what strengthens us to fight strong, to stay in faith, to stay in believing God, and to stay in rest. But you get some doubt and unbelief and other ideas, and you try to focus on that, that can make you, you know, faith isn't as strong. That, that tends to, to get you off. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's settled. His word's settled. You don't have to uh, figure out and do a bunch of testing to see if it's true or not. It's settled. It's true. It's right. You know, people would go and try other philosophies, teachings, but at the end of the day, only what is based on the Word of God is going to stand. Anything else, it will fail. Anything else is going to fail. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we need to understand that the, what we're in right now, we cannot afford to look at anything but the Word of God and godly principles. Anything else is going to take us away from the truth that is in God's Word. It won't stand strong when the times are pressing. 2 Timothy 3.16 went over you know, some of these scriptures last week. I just want to read these. Going to, into to our next focus for tonight. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, Scripture, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's good to, it, it is for equipping the man of God completely, the woman of God completely, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for what? To fight the good fight of faith. What's going to equip you? The Word. If we're, if we don't, if we're not thoroughly equipped, it's because we have not put the right, uh, the right food in. We're going to get to some other elements of that. We've got to put the right food in, and then we have to walk in what we know. 2 Timothy 4, verse 2 says, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Well, we're, we're pretty much past that. and We're still going into it. People want their own ideas. They don't want the word of God. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires... Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and, and be turned aside to fables. You see that? It is rampant in the world today. People make up stuff, and they'll even quote Bible verses to try to justify it. And that's the way they want it. You even saw it just this week. Decisions have been made that pushes perversion. It's not godly. But people don't want to hear the truth. They don't want, they don't want the word. 
The Word is truth. The Word is what is going to stand through everything. When all the dust settles, the Word is true. Anything else, you realize you can make the Bible say anything you want. If you just take scriptures out of context and words out of context, you can make it say anything. You know, like the, the joke is, you know, putting two scriptures together, uh, Judas Iscariot hung himself. And it says where, you know, the scripture where it talks about that, it says he went and hung himself. And then there's another scripture that says you, go do likewise. Do likewise. Well, you could just, you can make a doctrine there that you're supposed to commit suicide. That's not true. You just put any two scriptures together. And you can make it say anything you want. But we need to understand what the Word of God says. We need to rightly divide the Word of truth. And we need to make sure that we are focusing on what God has said, not what some man has said about the Word. But here it says, let's read verse 3 again. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn, away from, turn, away, or turn their ears away from the truth and will be turned aside to fables. We need to be careful what we listen to, what we give our attention to, because anything that's not the Word is going to weaken our fight of faith. It's going to weaken your ability to stand in faith. Now let's look at Mark 1, or Mark 4, verse 1. Mark 4, verse 1. It says, And again he began to teach by the sea, Jesus. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, because it had no root, because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10, it says, But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Verse 13, And he said to them, 
Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? And then verse 14, he begins to explain this. So Jesus is talking, he, he gave this parable, parable of a, a sower going out and sowing seed. And he gave different categories of this seed falling, the different places on the earth. And so here he's about to explain what those mean. So verse 14 says, the sower sows the word. How does faith come? By hearing the word. So Jesus is about to tell us some important instructions about hearing the word and how it affects our life. The word is how we're going to get faith, and faith is how we're going to use faith to fight the good fight of faith. Faith is what's going to bring us through in this life. So Jesus is giving us important instructions here. Verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. So he talked about first group, he said he sowed seed and some fell by the wayside. So now Jesus is explaining what, what does that actually mean? What, you know, it's a parable. So what, do that, what does that represent? He said these are the ones that uh, by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These, are li these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So Jesus explains each category, and you could spend weeks or months on this. We're, that's not our intention. We're going to go over this uh, in the context of what we're talking about, the fight, the good fight of faith. And, you know, we talked about faith coming uh, by hearing the word. So this gives us some instruction about walking out our life and how, depending on how we hear the word and depending on how the word is handled, will determine how we go and are able to deal with life. This is all describing different aspects of people either succeeding or failing in life, which is the fight of faith. So how we walk out this earth, this is a describing some of this right here. So the first part is the seeds that are by the wayside. Now let's read Mark 4, 14 again. It says, The sower sows the word. So the word comes forth, like the word is going forth right now. We're hearing the word of God. We're reading the word of God. This could be when you hear the word on a message that you listen to at home. You know, some of you are doing that right now, but let's you know, say it's a recording. Or this could be you know, when you're uh, reading the word and you're reading it off the page. You're, you're, you're reading it in your private time. However, the word is coming. But here it says, the sower sows the word. Verse 15, these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear. So the word is sown, the word is coming, just like it is right now. 
It says, the people hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So he's saying the seed, this sower is sowing seed, some of it just goes on the wayside, on the side. That represents people that heard the word, but Satan comes immediately and is able to steal the word out of their heart. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, seeks about or walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is always looking to steal, to kill, destroy. Satan will try to get you at any place, any uh, stage. You know, we read all these examples of the sower sowing the word, and we're going to break them down. But at any stage, Satan is out to stop you. He, he has no authority to do it. We, as Christians, and we went over this, we're not going to review all that, but if you, if you missed some of the earlier message, I, I encourage you to go back and listen to them because we can't cover all that. But Satan has no authority over the Christian. The word comes, he can't just steal it on his own, but he, he attempts to get people distracted. Some of the ways he does it is distraction, you know, I've heard examples um, of different examples of people, and I've seen it myself. People will be in a service, and something that is needed is being spoken on, and at that point, they're talking, they're doing something else, and they're being distracted. I, want, I heard somebody talk about that exact, they, they knew somebody's situation, and they heard them, talking about, I believe it was Keith Moore, talking about it from the pulpit, they, they, the person was addressing exactly what this person needed. And right when they started talking, the person got distracted, they were doing something else, and as soon as the person stopped, they kind of went on to something else, then they, became, they, they started paying attention again. That's what Satan does. Whether it's in a, in a sermon, you know, or in your life, where tries to get you offended, tries to get you disconnected. The word is going on, and why is he using those words? Why did he wear that shirt? What? That, that, that guy's supposed to call me back. Why, wait, why didn't he call me today? What, what's going on? And just distraction. And then anything, anything, he can't do it directly, but if he can get it, get in there and get you to, to do something else, get you distracted, get you offended, he can steal the word. The word was planted, but immediately it was, it was uh, stolen. Matthew 13 19, this is the same account. We're going to read these, each one of these. Uh, they're in three accounts in Mark, Matthew, and Luke. And so we're going to read the different ones. The main one we're doing is Mark. But we're going to read them in Matthew and Luke as well. Matthew 13, 19 says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. So somebody doesn't quite understand something. You know what you should do if you don't quite understand what's being spoken, the Word? One of, my, one of our instructors at Raymond would say this, you shelve it. Don't just reject it. Don't say, well, I just, you know, people get offended by something they don't understand because Satan comes to try to get you offended, tries to get it to steal, steal it from you. If he can get it out of your hands, out of your mind, then he has already taken that Word. You can shelve it and say, you know what, I don't quite understand that, but don't don't reject God. Don't reject the Word. Just say, just put it aside and keep open and keep listening and keep walking with God. 
And then at some point later in your walk, you might come back to that same thing and take a look at it and say, oh, that makes perfect sense now. Because you've had other word put into you and now you understand. Now you understand what needs to happen. Don't get offended at God. Some people get, they get taken out right at the beginning. Oh, I don't understand that. Well, and so forget it. I just don't get it. What is that saying? That's saying, if I don't understand something, it's not valid. That's crazy. You know, if you were in fifth grade and somebody tried to explain calculus to you and say, well, I don't understand it, therefore, it's invalid. That would be foolish. Because a fifth grader, I mean, a typical fifth grader that's not taking advanced math doesn't, is not going to understand the concepts needed for calc at, in fifth grade. But you go through all the classes, and then eventually you can walk right and you come back to, oh, this isn't so hard. I heard how hard it was from other people. You know, growing up, calculus is so hard. Oh, my gosh, from people that were older, it's so hard, so hard. And, and got this concept that it was just going to be so difficult. By the time I got there, it was just the next class, and it, it wasn't really any more difficult than the, the previous class. Don't let Satan talk you out of something because you don't understand what's in the Word. Just stay on God's side. Luke 8, 12, this same verse, or the same account in Luke says, Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the Word out of their hearts. Note, he has to have, he can't just take it himself. He takes it away because somebody lets them. He lets Satan take it away. It says, takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. See, the word comes, faith is there, but if you let it be stolen from you, faith goes. You don't believe. So we need to hear the word, and we need to hear right. We need to be, when you go to church, when you're, when you're listening to a message, I mean, it depends on what you're... If, you're, if it's your church time for the week, you need to pay attention. You need to put everything... I don't care if it's online, if it's here. Don't be distracted. You think, well, I'm, so, I'm listening, I'm multitasking. You are not multitasking. You're listening. To, you're, you're missing something. If you, if you watch at home, put everything aside and be there and just like you're in church. Go to the bathroom before the service starts. Get the kids settled before the service starts. Whatever. Anytime you, you are, and I, that's not the best. We, we should be in, in church. But if we are watching something that is, we, that is, is uh, our church time, then we need to pay attention because God is going to be speaking to our hearts through that word. And if, if you're doing it, you're doing it because you want to hear from Him. And we need to take it seriously, and we need to be ready and listening. And once you get the anointing is flowing and you're hearing, if you get distracted, it breaks that up. God is speaking to your heart. He's telling you something. You're getting revelation, and then you get distracted by something. And then you just got stolen from. That's exactly what Satan does. Get, God was pouring in revelation to you, and oh, wait, what? You know, something in another room. Oh, I got something in the oven, and it beeps. And <laughs> Take care of it. I'm serious. Take care of it beforehand. And take care of whatever you... Pretend, not pretend, just behave just like you were in church. And if, you're, if you were going to do something regularly, uh, where it was 
you know, it's something that you were going to do every week that, that the family was doing or something where you were listening to a message. Do it on purpose. Listen to the Word. You know, when you're reading the Word, you're doing your devotions. Get, a plate, get somewhere where you can be quiet and not be distracted and not be interrupted constantly. Don't try to do multiple things at once. Because every time, you may think I'm, 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 I'm speaking. Treat it like you were one-on-one with somebody that you really needed to hear from. If you were on a date you know, with somebody, you've you got to spend some, some uh, one-on-one time. We need to put other things aside. Let God speak to our hearts through His Word, through His Spirit, and let everything else go by the wayside. It, it is amazing how clear you can hear whenever things are, things are quiet. And there is so much noise in this world right now. There's so much. And if you, you know, we got to watch, you want to be informed, but man, if we're looking at the news all the time, it can just be rattling in your head constantly. And we need time to just say, I need to hear from God. I need to hear the word. And you need to get quiet so that the word can come come forth. Sometimes we're just so active, Satan has no trouble stealing the word. It's like, oh, distract, distract. And you know, the more you're going, 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 the easier it is for you to be distracted. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to let all that noise settle to where your mind's quiet, your body's quiet, you can hear, and now you can hear your spirit. And when you're in that position, God can speak to you, you can get strengthened, you can get specific direction, and you can be truly fed to be strong to go out into the world. But if it's constantly at this noise level, that's where Satan, he's stealing. The word's going forth, but you're not hearing. And so it's just, it's just like that seed just going off to the side, just not really doing anything. The seed's being sown, but it's not really helping. It's not strengthening. It's not creating faith because... Faith comes by hearing, but actually hearing, not actually just going through your ears, into your ears. That's not hearing. See, that's where we make a mistake. Well, I heard that. We're not talking about it bouncing off your eardrums. We're talking about hearing with spiritual ears. In fact, Jesus said it here earlier. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, I assume everybody in the the group there have two ears on the side of their head. He's not talking about that. He's not saying you that have the physical little pieces of flesh hanging off the side of your head, you hear. No, he's saying he who has ears to hear spiritually, you hear. Satan will try to distract and the word goes and there's no real planting. We're talking about seeds. We're talking about having faith to fight the good fight of faith, to stay in faith. Well, if it doesn't penetrate the heart, because faith is of the heart, if, if, if the seed, if the word doesn't penetrate the heart, there's no faith. You ever read, a, you know, sat down to read the Bible and just read through it and your mind was the whole time going on something else and you read this, that, but it's like you get down to the end of the chapter and you have no clue what you read. Anybody but me? 
and you may read multiple chapters. I mean, yeah, you may, have, you may be familiar with the passage, you know what's there, but as far as the Spirit of God actually speaking to you, there's none of that going on. Why? You're, you're reading the Word, and if, even if you're doing it out loud, I, doing it out loud is way better because it, 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 um, you know, it, it engages another sense there. But, you know, your mind with its voice is reading these words, but it's not penetrating anything. It's just bouncing off. It's just like seed, 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 just throwing it on the wayside. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. It's just dropping, and Satan's coming, and you're, you're thinking about stuff. Satan's coming, and pick, 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 and it's just, it's just noise. The whole time you're thinking of this, you read this scripture, and then it's like, oh, that appointment is this scripture. What did that guy say in this scripture? It's a good picture. There's no penetration. Nothing going to change. And you get done, it's like I did my reading. That's not the point. The point is not to check the box and say, I read this. I went to church. You can go, you realize you can sit in church the whole service and not get anything out of it? Well, I went to church, I don't understand. That would be like, you know, you chewing food and spitting it out before you ever swallow it and go, I don't know what happened. I'm not, I don't feel any stronger. It's not about just putting it in your mouth, it's actually getting it into your stomach. Amen? Let's go on to the second one. Uh, Mark 4.16. I don't think we're going to get through all these. Mark 4, 16. It says, these likewise, so this is the stony ground. So the first one is, guy, he's, he's sowing seed, goes on the wayside, doesn't, you know, doesn't actually penetrate anything. It's gone. 4, 16. These, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so only endure for a time. Afterward, when, they, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So there's stony ground. The word penetrates a little bit. Again, like we could spend weeks and weeks on this, but I want us to get it in context of having what we need to believe God and fight the good fight of faith. But we're going to cover what we need to. We're not going to go over too fast either. So this is, the, the, the word is planted, but notice, it goes, you know, this, this springs up quick, but it has no root, so that it only endures for a time. Well, when we were, use words like endure, what are we talking about? We're talking about going through this life. That could, that's like the fight of faith. How, how much do you go through it before you give in? The one didn't even get started. No faith. Started, no faith, because it's stolen. This one, have a little faith, get going a while, but then give it up, because there is no root. So when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. It means you're losing the battle. It means you're losing, you're losing the fight. This is all illustrations of what, exactly what we're talking about. We talk about the fight of faith. How do people lose that? What, what happens? Matthew 13, 20. So in Matthew, 
Verse 20 says, But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. So somebody hears the word and said, Awesome, that's the answer to my problem. They heard the word, so Satan didn't steal it immediately. They heard it. They said, That's it. I believe it. They received it. Yet they have no root in himself, or he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Well, this is like, hey, this is the answer to my problem now. As long as I can just sail smoothly, I'm good. That's what it's saying. Because immediately when there's any challenge, well, what are we talking about? We're talking about a fight of faith. You're not fighting the enemy, but he's going to try to knock that right out of you. Knock what? Knock the faith out of you. You're going to see something. What are we talking about? We're talking about circumstance, feelings, conditions that are opposite. Tribulation, this is pressure. And immediately, give up. That's not a fight. That's like you just start, got started and got knocked out. In Luke, it says, Luke 8, 13, says, But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while. What is believe? That's having faith. That's exercising faith. So you fight for a little bit. You fight to stay in faith for a while, and then give up. What does it say? Believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. Tempted to what? Tempted to be an unbelief. Tempted to give it up. Look at what you see and say, I don't see this working like what I read in the Word. I thought this was the answer. What's going on? What is that? That's doubt. That's unbelief. What's happening right then? Losing the fight. What's the fight? To stay, believe in God, to stay and rest. Nope. God is true. God is not a man that he should lie. I am going to rest in Him. I'm casting the care of this thing on Him. I'm staying right here. What's happening? The temptation to, to get out of faith is happening. Pressure's happening. And what's happening? Letting go of faith and starting to look and see and feel and go down. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, there, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. This is saying... When there's temptation, number one, it's common to man. Not everybody's going through exactly the same circumstance, but what we go through is common all over the world. It's, 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 but Satan will come and say, oh, what you're going through, it's so unique. Nobody's ever had to endure this before. He's a liar. We're not making light of anything we might face. But Satan, if he can get you to believe... that. Nobody's ever gone through it before. What he's trying to do is say, this is too hard for God. That's not true. If we believe that, then we'll, we'll be tempted to just let it go. This is what happens. It says, 
No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful. That means God keeps His word. That means God's word's true every time. That means God does what He said He will do every time. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So this is saying, if there's something pushing on you, something tempting you in your way, it is saying it will never be more than you can bear, period. So what does that mean? If it's, if it's in front of us, then we can have victory over it, always. Satan will tell you, this is going to take you out. But he's a liar. So we can, we can look at what this says and say, wait, this is pressing this is tempting me, but I'm going to just stay in faith. I'm going to believe God. God's faithful. If it's in front of me, I can overcome. God's faithful. I'm trusting Him. See, the person, though, that doesn't have any root in themselves, they don't actually have the Word ingrained. They have a little bit of it. They're running. Temptation comes. They fall down. What does that mean? They lost the fight. They got out of faith. They're not able to keep pressing on. They get whooped. But we don't have to be that. I think, you know, we'll hook up with the other ones probably next time unless we're led to, to, to do something else. But Jesus is illustrating here where people get off, where people miss it. And so as we're going through these, like I said, we're not going to go in real detail, but when we're looking at it, we need to, to see, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Or is one of these scenarios, these scenarios that aren't the good ground, do they apply? Am I letting something else get me off? Am I letting something else push me? Because we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, the Bible says. We know how he operates. And he uses the same tactics on everybody. Praise God. God is faithful. We need to be strong and secure and just really pressed into what He has for us in, these, in this day and age. Christians do not have the luxury to just float. We need to understand what's going on in the realm we need in, in this realm that we're in, in the world. We need to understand that Satan is the God of this world and he's pushing. And we need to know how to fight and to stay in faith. Because otherwise we're going to get pushed off. God is faithful to each person, and He's faithful to us as we walk through. We, I uh, better stop. We'll maybe get into it later. Amen. God is good. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness.